Hey there, and welcome to the Silver Lined Relaunch. And okay, everyone out there, you are going to want to pause what you're doing and get ready for this because this is somebody that I have been following for years. I have read her book, Undaunted. I admire, respect, I mean, it could go on and on and on and on, but why would you want to listen to me when you can listen to her? And today I'm so happy to welcome Kara Golden. And Kara is the CEO of Hint. She is the co-founder with her husband. And we are going to hear about her significant relaunch and the silver linings that just might surprise you. You're listening to the Silver Lined Relaunch, and I'm your host, Hillary DeCesar, award-winning entrepreneur and transitional coach. Each week, I'll invite you to tune into inspirational stories, revealing how you too can turn ordinary experiences into the extraordinary. Feeling stuck? I'll share step-by-step -step strategies to fuel your ability to experience a life where silver linings are both abundant and possible. So welcome, Kara. So happy to have you here. Thanks for having me. And thanks for the nice intro too. Really uh, well, where we always like to start is what would you say? And in reading those who haven't read your book, Undaunted, they really should. And I laugh because when um, I did get a box from you, there was a hat, a baseball cap, and immediately my husband took it and the kids took the waters and all of the other, you know, swag in there. And I was laughing. I'm like, you know, the book was what was left. And I had, I had listened on audio and now I'm like, oh, I can actually go back and kind of flip through it, which was so cool. But tell us about out of everything that's gone on in your life, what would you say is the most significant relaunch for you? You know, I, I would say it has to be hint. I mean, it's, uh, I did, I call myself an accidental entrepreneur because I did not expect that I was going to launch a company and, and launch a business. I mean, I, so, so many people for the years have asked me, was I born this way? I mean, was, did I always want to know, did I hate, do I hate working for people? I mean, I've, I've heard all kinds of things. And I think it really just boils down to the fact that I saw a problem in my life that I wanted to fix. And I had, I had health issues that I was trying to straighten out and, uh, and, you know, it really stemmed around my diet soda. I never really thought the diet soda wasn't good for me. And, uh, and that's when I just did a little test and eliminated it after eliminating, you know, certain foods because of the ingredients. And I'd been on a few different diet plans and I was a tech executive. I had never been in the beverage industry. So, and when I launched the company, I mean, I, I had four kids under the age of six. So truly I was not the profile of, of what would be a successful entrepreneur, but I think for me, it was, um, it was kind of a relaunch into understanding what I really needed to. And something I think about a lot is even when I was leaving uh, America Online, it was, you know, a good career and, and really exciting. But after the hockey stick of, you know, huge growth, then it, things started to slow and I was kind of wait, 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 we're, we're going way too fast. There's so many good bits in here that we're going to go back a bit. Okay. I call them these pearls. So 
when you talked about you had this soda thing that was going on, how many sodas are we talking about? What were you what were you drinking daily? On a good day or a bad day, depending on how you look at it, 12. Uh-huh. And, you know, and I, I remember my friends in college will remind me that when I was bored, I used to go to 7-Eleven or Circle K and go get a super big gulp. I mean, that was my <laughs> super K. Yeah, exactly. And I would okay. go do that. So. Were you one of those that first thing in the morning? Because I did this. I would pop open and I was a... um I was Diet Coke first thing in the morning. Forget about coffee. Never did coffee. Just went straight for, straight for the soda. Was that you? Yeah, that was definitely me. And and again, the word diet, I never second guessed it. And then when I had I had, was in tech, I was started out in journalism, and then I was in tech. And then I'd taken a couple of years off. I had three young kids under the age of four. We were living in San Francisco, and that's when I just decided, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do next. I took a couple of years off and, and, uh, was, you know, really trying to figure out, I wanted to do something with purpose. And, and I think for me, I'd lived in New York prior to living in San Francisco and it was, um, you know, it was nine 11 for me had a major impact on me and, and, uh, the world, but definitely I, you know, new people uh, that were in there and, and who ran from there and survived. I think I, I just kept thinking just almost like a sliding door situation that I've been kind of gifted this opportunity to go and do something that potentially made a difference. And I, I enjoyed my time in tech. I just wasn't passionate about it. And I, there were aspects of it that I really liked, but I just... I don't know. I just, I wanted to do something different. So I kept thinking that was a nonprofit. And I think part of the problem for me was that I had so many interests and I loved, there were a lot of nonprofits. They, they functioned a lot more slowly than I was accustomed to, especially coming off this, you know, freight train that I was on with America online. I was, you know, there when it was a hundred ish people and every week we were adding a thousand people and it was just crazy on a, on a lot of levels. And it was a lot of fun. And there was just, you know, huge endorphin stuff going on and everything, but then it started to slow. And I think that that's when I was just kind of itching to go do something else. So I did, I laughed. I didn't know what that was. I had young kids in San Francisco that I wanted to stay with. And, um, and so, you know, I took a break and when I finally said, okay, I'm going to look for something that I'm passionate about. And it's probably going to be intact, but maybe it's in nonprofit and I'm going to spend some more time with my kids and I'm going to get healthy. And so I, I was an athlete growing up. I knew how to do all that stuff, run and, um, you know, really, I, there wasn't a huge problem with what I was eating. The issue really for me was the diet sweeteners. And so uh, the diet Coke one day I was the can was staring at me in the face and that's when I thought wow it's so interesting I give a pass to the diet drink but I'm not giving a pass to the food and that I don't understand the ingredients so what am I doing and so I just thought "Eh, I'll just test it and see what happens and after a couple of days that's when I was thirsty and I started drinking plain water and I probably had a conversation with myself saying, you know, this is really boring. 
And I don't know how long I'm going to be. <laughs> Isn't it so, I mean, it really is. Water, water is, it's, it, it's just, a. let's just call a spade a spade. It is boring. It is totally boring. And so you started, you started to cut up fruit and put it into yeah. the water. Okay, so then, I have done this, but if you let that go too long, it turns your water rancid, doesn't it? Exactly, and that was the thing. And you know, it was I was giving a talk this morning, and I was I was saying just this. I remember not only would it go rancid, but after a couple of days, I called it smeggy looking. It just didn't <laughs> very satisfying looking. Yeah. But then, in addition, it was the convenience of it was not there, like you know, my beloved Diet Coke that I would enjoy going to the store, picking up my 12 pack and then popping open that can, you know, the whole, the whole experience. Thing. <laughs> and this was find the fruit, make sure it's good, slice it up, you know, put it and then it would go bad. It was just too fast. I don't know. It was just for me, it was just not a great experience. So that is when I really just said, well, okay, I'm going to see what happens. And two and a half weeks later, I lost 24 pounds. My, my skin cleared up, which I had been going to our friend Kathleen Welsh about forever, you know, and trying all different things. And it was still, it had gotten better, but it, there were still problems and issues with it. And then in addition to that, my energy levels, like I needed a nap at one 30 and two or two o'clock every single day. And I thought, what is wrong with me? I mean, I'm not working the kind of hours that I was working before. Why is this happening to me? And that's when, uh, I made the shift. And was isn't like, it incredible that just switching, okay. Just taking diet Coke out of your diet, you lost 25 pounds, your skin cleared up, you got more energy. It's amazing. Yeah. And so, and that was, I mean, for a while, not to, you know, belabor the point, but I actually wondered if I was sick because I couldn't figure out how fast, why did this happen? And I lost all this weight so quickly. And I just, you know, it just seemed bizarre. And then I really realized that my body just didn't like diet sweeteners. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I didn't figure this out until I ultimately launched Hint, but I remember getting an email from a customer. We had gotten the product into Whole Foods, which is, you know, a story in and of itself, but it is, it's a great story too. <laughs> so you got to read the book. And so got it into Whole Foods and uh, we, we put coming from the tech industry, I put an 800 number and an email on the bottle and uh, you know, people thought they were reaching out to the customer service group. I, you know, don't tell anyone, but it was me and they would, and I would look at the emails and people would start to talk to me about this disease called type two diabetes. I mean, this mm. is over years ago and there, it was about 2% of the population. And that was the first place that I actually heard about type two diabetes. And then actually my roommate from college uh, is working at the center for disease control. And I reached out to her and I said, so do you know about this disease? Because everybody's talking to me about it. Not everybody, but a few people were talking to me about it on, on from the hint uh, experience. And she said, it's so interesting that you mentioned it because I was just transferred over into this department. And as she was describing how people were, the, the profile of this 2% of the population, it was people who couldn't lose weight. It was belly fat, low energy in the middle of the day, 
they had acne on their skin. And so I now talk about, I was probably pre-diabetic and mm. I was undiagnosed. I even went to a doctor and I said, do you think I have diabetes? Do you th-? And they're like, no, you don't have diabetes. What's wrong? And I said, I don't know what's wrong with me, but something is up with me. And again, just that connection with the customer from day one, the thing that I was hearing was you're helping me. And I think that mm, is so great. great when you are relaunching, when you are, people have asked me over and over again, how did you have the courage to go on when, you know, I I'll never forget. I mean, you know, sort of the location of this stuff. I lived right across the street from the town school and I would, you know, I mean, it was just, it's just me. I dragged my husband into this whole thing. We would test flavors. Our kids were too young to sort of give us a really strong opinion. I mean, they would give us an opinion, but I would go into the lineup and at town school. I knew that the drop-off was 8 a.m. and I would bring bottles over. And I knew some of the moms and then I would meet the other moms. I'm like, hey, uh, do you know Polly? Uh, she's two cars up. Do you mind if I like give you this drink. And so that was my testing. And I still run into people I love that. Who were dropping off. And again, people were, once they started engaging with me on this, they would say, wait, weren't you a tech executive? What, what are you doing? Like launching a beverage? And I said, I don't know. I have no idea what I'm doing. And, and, but it's, but it's really fun and I'm learning, which is another thing that I think really drives people to uh, to, you know, have the energy to relaunch is like, if you're learning and you allow yourself and you own the fact that you're learning, that was the other thing. And, you know, talk, talking about, there's so much to say, but talking about, you know, the AOL experience that I've realized is so much of the time when we're leaving roles and we, we go through this phase where, especially I think it happens to people who have been through hockey sticks where we are uh, you know, we're bored, right? It's just, we don't know. Why. <laughs> I call it, I call it, you're stuck in the mid zone, right? right. You can't, yeah, you're not even at your G zone, this, you know, genius zone, this great zone. You're just stuck in the mid zone. And it's such a, like a, Oh, yeah. bad place to be. And I've, and I've been there and now I've looked at that mm. a little bit more and thought, you know, the more, as we climb the ladder in organizations and, you, you know, you go entry level and then a manager and then a director and what maybe a CEO, you get to this level where you're, where you're spending so much time managing and mentoring, which is fine, but you lose the ability to learn yourself. And so I truly by accident just got into this position where I really wanted, I was interested in health. I was interested in my own health. I was interested in my family's health. And I, I just started asking questions and I'd go to Whole Foods and I'd, sometimes I'd sit there in the store and I'd think, what if they kick me out? I'm talking to all these customers. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, it'd be so funny. I would, you know, go tell one of my friends at Alta Plaza Park that I had gotten kicked out of there. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just didn't take it that seriously because I think that that's the other thing that, you know, especially if you've, people used to ask me when I launched, Hint, aren't you nervous about, I mean, like, isn't it risky for you to leave tech and then go do something else? And I think after a few times of people asking me that, I, I said, wait, did, do you think I didn't do a good job in tech? And they said, no, <laughs> you're, I mean, yeah. you're going off the 
force and it looks a little strange. And, and I thought, well, is it strange? Because maybe it actually allows me to figure out if I really liked what I was doing. I love the idea that you're all about personal growth. You're about the challenge, right? Challenging yourself. Don't get stale. Don't get stuck in that mid zone and try to continue as you're uh, this whole concept of you going from tech to the beverage industry was really an absolute perfect next step for you because you took what you had done so creatively and all the other roles that you had played. And this industry was, you know, like the, the taxis of the old days and then Uber comes in, you were really changing the face. I mean, I, I love the hint water and I could not stand those flavored waters that came out that had all the sugar. And this is a girl that used to love chai lattes until I heard there were 50 grams of sugar in each chai. And I was doing two a day and I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. And that's why I started to try all these different waters and the vitamin waters. And the, I mean, and I could not like, I almost had this reaction to them. They were like, they just tasted so fake so, so chemical based. So, you know, you just knew it wasn't something good. And the first time I had a sip of your, um, of the hint water, I'm like, all right, all right. It doesn't have that weird aftertaste. It's just clean and pure, but it took you a while to get there. It took you a lot of experimentation before you mastered that essence. Can you tell us like, how did you continue with the perseverance when you kept hitting that wall? Well, so once I decided to launch the company, I think for, for me, it was just, I had been testing in my kitchen and sort of playing around with it because I didn't like the smeggy looking thing in the refrigerator. And, and so I started boiling down fruit. I almost set my house on fire a couple of times and, and uh, would not recommend doing it at home. And it was just, again, I'm not a, a cook or um, a baker or chef, I, you know, I guess I can bake a little bit, but I, I just, I don't know. I was just curious and I, and more than anything, and exactly to your point about these other drinks that it seems so clear to me what was for sale on the shelf, that it all had sugar or diet sweeteners in it. And I think that the thing that it, that I realized probably the most clearly after I launched was that I knew I was launching a product in a new company. Uh, I didn't take it very seriously. I just, I wrote a business plan and I thought if, if it fails, nobody wants it, then I just have a lot in my pantry and I'll give it to friends and (laughs) go from there. Um, But what I didn't realize until a couple of months into launching Hint was that we were launching an entirely new category. And so no matter what industry you've been in, you you quickly realize that there's a lot of education, a lot of education for the customer, but a lot of education for the potential buyer that is the gatekeeper to allowing you to get it on the shelf. And so I would go in and to and say to the the buyers of, of Safeway, for example, that I said, here's an unsweetened flavored water, and they would try the product and they would enjoy it. And they'd say, So what is it? And I'd say, you know, it's fruit and water, and it doesn't have it's an unsweetened flavored water. And they said, So what's it sweetened with? 
And I, you know, at times I'm like, are you listening? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I've just said this. I, it, it's really, that's it. That's all it is. So new, right? And so the challenge for people when you do relaunch is that, you know, that time when you found an idea that you know is unique, that it's a double-edged sword because it's not a, a, you know, when there's no one else with you and you're all alone and you, and you are trying to figure out how do I get people to understand what the heck I'm talking about, but also what the need is. It, we, we were self-financing the company for the first couple of years, but you know, people have asked me, if you had money, would you have spent money on billboard? No, because the problem was with the, so that the customer was not caught up to where I was. They had not experienced what I had experienced with Diet Soda 15 years ago. People still like were on the program of the Diet Soda program. We were at 10 calories, but they just didn't get it. And yet I just kept going and I kept trying to figure out, can I get it into this store and that store? And then it started picking up. But, you know, can I ask you a question here? So I, you know, I, I mentioned this to you, and we've discussed it about, I've run my own businesses and I self-funded, you know, quite a few. And there is that point where you're just, you know, you just keep putting money in, you keep putting money in. Was there ever a point where you're like, when does it stop? When do I, what, what's the point where I stop putting my own money? Like that was how, when I read that in your book, I'm like, oh, I get that. I get it. But I'd love for you to share with us, you know, how did you keep that going? Yeah. Well, I think that, that, you know, it's a big decision, right? I've talked to entrepreneurs before who have said, do I need to raise money? I mean, and no, you don't need to raise money Problem. I mean, there's ways to, I know people who haven't raised money and they've had nice businesses, but, but if you want to build a big business, you probably need to raise money. And even if you have lots of money, I mean, any investment advisor would tell you to minimize risk. You need to have other people involved and, or institutions involved or whatever. Um, but for us, you know, it was, it was interesting because it's, uh, it's sort of how we ended up getting distribution because as I'm trying to basically put a, you know, square peg in a round hole, trying to get distribution in grocery stores because we didn't fit into their planogram and they didn't really get what we, how we were different from vitamin water, which seemed so clear to me. We, uh, I started thinking that maybe I should go back to tech, that maybe the world wasn't ready for what I was talking about. And we were throwing checks in and I had four kids in San Francisco that I was attempting to get into private schools. I mean, all those things were going through my head. And so I, I was uh, getting recruited by Google and it was um, this guy, Omid Kordasani, who had worked with my husband at, at Netscape, really wanted me to come to Google and he had given me a couple of offers. And that's when finally I just felt like I should just go have lunch with them and just tell them face to face that I don't think I'm actually going to do this. But I felt bad because he had invested a lot of time and interest in me. And, and so that's when, as part of it, I had a bottle of hint in my um, bag and I told him about my new venture that I was starting this beverage company. And I remember him laughing, saying, wait, what? You were the youngest vice president at AWOL. You were, you know, what are you doing? And, and he said, I thought you were just being a mom. And I said, well, I was that, but I'm also, you know, thinking about getting healthy and how can I help people get healthy? 
And that's when he said, oh, you know, we just hired chefs for Google. Maybe you can get your water into Google and they don't have any drinks yet. And so I met this guy. I mean, talk about the timing there. You're like at your wits end. You're like, I'm putting so much money. I maybe I should go. Let me just talk to the guy. And then you and you end up getting some big deal with Google. Well, not even a big deal. I mean, I remember talking to Charlie on the phone and I mean, he led with the fact that he said, uh, you know, Amit came to me and said that you have this water and yeah, I mean, people are thirsty. Maybe we should supply drinks as well. And, uh, and he's, but I mean, he went on and on about how great Omid was and Omid is great, but it was just funny because I think he did it as a favor to Omid. I mean, he just was like, sure, bring the water lady. And he said, who's your distributor? I was like, <laughs> the water lady, Grand Cherokee, I'm going to load it, load it up. And, you know, cases down. And then the next day he called and he said, wow, our employees really like this. Can you bring 30? And then I said, Sure. And I was so excited. And then the next day, you know, he's like, can you bring a hundred cases? Back in your Jeep, back in the back of it, right? <laughs> I mean, the funniest of course, part. Of course I can. Yeah. The funniest part I was sharing was the story with somebody the other day was that I actually was figuring out, you know, weight on the Grand Cherokee because it's <laughs> and I would bottom out on the Grand Cherokee if I had two cases in. And, but again, all these learnings just made it fun. Mm. Right. And they weren't, it wasn't funny when you actually hit, you know, the bumper and, you know, and then you have to figure out like, did I just really ruin the car? All these things, right. were just part of this journey that I, I would share them with friends and they'd say, wait, what did you do today? So great. I, I'm, I'm the water lady. Okay. So I have a funny, right before we were jumping on this uh, interview, my son is working from home right now. And he said, uh, you know, I said, hey, I'm about to start a podcast. He said, oh, yeah, who are you interviewing today? And I said, oh, the CEO of Hint. And he says, oh, when I'm in the office, I drink like eight to 10 of those a day. I mean, it's just you now have taken over the tech space. Like that's the cool, that's the cool water that they have. That's so I mean, it's funny. yeah, it's so great. And getting back to your original question of the of the uh, investing. So once we were in Google there were all these people who worked for Google that just started reaching out. And because in tech, it was this angel investing. And so then we started really thinking, well, maybe we should. I mean, I, it was at this point, we mm. to know a little bit more about what we were doing and I was more confident. Um, and then one of our distributors, we had just gotten, uh, just started going with a distributor in Boston and his uh, family actually owned the distributorship and, or this gentleman, Ken Sadowski. And so Ken had reached out to us as well and said, I love your product. And so we were starting, it was really kind of, you know, this poll where people were saying, can we invest? Can we invest? And you know, still to this day, I know all of our investors in the company. We have actually no private equity in the company. We have um, one big family office out of Brussels, uh, but we have over 200 investors. And, you know, I don't know all of them really well, but I know them. And, you know, when they have questions, they email me when they're having, you know, a nonprofit and they need water or sunscreen, you know, they reach out to me and and so 200, it's 200 deep on a cap table and they all have individual, like, you know, fundraisers, charities, you're busy. 
because these are your investors, no doubt. Yeah, but you know, it's it anyway, it's a longer conversation. People have always said, is it is it harder? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, they they they're not on my board and yeah. they, they actually spread the the brand, right? And they and people actually that this is the other thing. I mean, the number of people who everybody's got their story about Hint as well, where they tried it at Google or one of our investors actually started drinking it when she was going through breast cancer. And it was the only drink that helped her get through the, the metallic taste that you get. And, and oh, I love that. And so she will bring it to people who have cancer. And mm. this is what helped me. But again, it's just, it, everyone has their own story with it. And I think that that's the thing that's so powerful. And then your son right? Being at a tech firm, he's never heard about the breast cancer story. I mean, it, right? It, it's just, it's so interesting and it's, it's so unique, but it's like a brand that people feel invested in. And so I, so many of these people over the years have then reached out to us. And as we've done rounds, I mean, that's really how it's come about. It's oh, fantastic. And as a mom, are you kidding for him to just say that as I'm walking in here? Yeah, I drink eight to 10 a day. And I'm thinking, how great is that versus the sodas and the, I mean, I'm like, are you kidding me that you think you drink that much water? Well, he'll <laughs> keep this. It's a sort of off topic a little bit, but it's, it's interesting. I had heard about TikTok for of course, I have four kids and, you know, and of course, <laughs> I was not the, the mom doing the dancing and, you know, <laughs> my friends, right on TikTok. But so I, I was just curious about it one weekend and I was playing around on there. And then I took one of my talks that I had done over the years and I condensed it into like, I don't know, 10, 20 seconds. And, and uh, all of a sudden people started coming in and finding me on there. And it, it, and it was so crazy because the audience that's on TikTok is obviously significantly young, younger. Many of them want to be entrepreneurs. They're in high school, they're in college, and they hear my story about, you know, the Coca-Cola executive calling me sweetie and, and all these crazy stories. And they're like, what? You got a product into Whole Foods? And I love it on TikTok because... It's this group, it's this audience that grew up maybe with their parents buying it at Whole Foods, but they didn't know the backstory. And suddenly I, finding the backstory and they're like, that lady, she, I mean, she didn't, she didn't love tech. She was good at it, but she didn't love what she was doing every single day. And she figured out what she was really passionate about. And so I just love giving people inspiration, you know, that, that, Again, I didn't know where that audience was. I didn't know that they were my customers and and yet they were sitting in, you know, your house, right? And incredible. It really was. It was something I mean, I always love finding out new things about my kids and I'm like, "Wow. How come for the last, you know, 8 or 9 months, yes, I buy it and it disappears so fast, but I would have bought 20 more each week if I knew they were going to drink, you know, cases upon cases." Okay. I did not realize it's already getting so late. I committed to you it was going to be much shorter, but I have enjoyed this so much. But I do have rapid fire questions that I really want to ask you. So do you still have a little bit more time? Yeah. Okay. So 
you talk about these kids and that potentially now this opens up this these new areas for them. I would ask you, who inspires you right now? Well, I I think that TikTok for me is just this huge experiment. I mean, you know, there's so many other platforms too where I just think it gets me thinking. I, for me, life is really about connecting the dots. And I think that, that comes with not only looking at existing things that are going on and, and that people are trying to figure out and trying to figure out how is that similar to stuff I've seen in the past. And I mean, clearly you read you read the book. I mean, so many people have reached out to me and said even, you know, the 90s, I mean, the history behind mm. that and so much stuff. I mean, you know, AOL, you'd, you'd get in massive fights with your parents if they got on when you were in the middle of a chat, right? <laughs> get disconnected, right? And who knew, right, that we were going through that? And what is that of today? I mean, 2007, 2008 were so incredibly challenging, right? And and for me as a leader, that was, you know, a time that I looked back on and thought, I mean, the first thing I said at the beginning of the pandemic was we've got to raise money. I need to have two years worth of money in the bank, right? And I was like, I remember my CFO saying, how are you going to raise money on Zoom? And I said, forget about the Zoom. It's going to happen. I, it, it, that's, that's just a tool right? That we have to do this. And, and again, I, that was a very scary time for me and many, many others. But again, that that's how the dots connect. And that's how, right. That those things make you stronger, more resilient. And so to relaunch and, and do things that maybe you thought you weren't capable of doing. And then you thought, Oh, wait, I got through that before. And these were the lessons. These were the things that I learned during those times that seem similar to me. So I'm constantly doing that. Mm, so great. Okay, so I, you are not allowed to pick one of your beverages. What would be your go-to poolside drink? Oh, my drink. Uh, my poolside drink, you know, probably a, probably a frozen margarita, but it has to be with real lime juice. So, of course it does. <laughs> I cannot deal. I'm, I'm really, I'll send it back for sure. I, I would rather have, you know, a club soda with lime if I'm sitting by the pool versus, versus. I just, Tara, is there any doubt it has to be fresh? No doubt. No doubt, girl. All right. So what is your favorite beauty product and the name of it? Okay. So I had to, I'm terrible with names of products. So it's called the Elixir Vitae. And it is, uh, it is by Tata Harper. You and I were talking about it. And I had her actually on my podcast, the Kara Golden Show. Um, I've been such a fan of hers for a long time. Full disclosure, I had only tried a couple of her things. And then I just became obsessed. And she is from Colombia. And, um, she, I mean, so much, she, it, it's just amazing. I mean, this basically she had lived, she had put all of her own skincare together growing up in Columbia. And then when she moved to the U S she was in banking, she did lots of different things and she relaunched, she'd be a great person to have on your show. Actually, she relaunched and she has a farm in New Hampshire, New Hampshire or Vermont, one 
one of those beautiful areas up there. And um, she makes all, she grows everything and everything's made here in mm. the And I mean, it's just essential oils, essences, and it's all just so, so pure. I mean, and she is, she, she listens to this. She is smiling because this is a great testimonial. <laughs> it's amazing. And, you know, I think that it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I think more and more, and I, I, I think about this a lot that we want to know, and certainly Gen Zers, I've got, you know, a few of those in, in my house at, they want to know where the products came from, right? Not where they're sourced, that too, but they want to know who the people are behind them. And more so than 20 years ago, for sure, it was the, the CEO was this figurehead, right? Uh, off. Now it's really about, do I trust them? Do I, right? Like there's, there's a whole so true. on it. And were they the underdogs? Did they go do something really hard? I mean, you look at somebody like Elon Musk or... I mean, Tata Harper, you know, so many people, and it really is not just about the name brand, but it's also about the CEO, about the founder. And I think that's just so, so critical. And, uh, but anyway, her products are amazing. And it goes back to, you know, with a connection, feeling like you have a connection to where the product's coming from, because you can relate to the story. That's what, that's, what's so great about your, what you're doing. I know that you now, for those that don't know, you have extended, not just, you know, hint is not just water. It goes into, you have deodorant, you have sunblock. I'm sure there's many more things in the horizon. That was my pandemic project. So, uh, yeah. I, I bet that there's so many more, but what's, what ties them all together is what? Health. And it, and just helping people to get healthier. And I think that that is really the core of it. And, uh, you know, I think that it started with water, but for, for me, it can extend throughout this person's life. Right. And, and what they do every single day, because and people ask me, how do you come up with product ideas? I, I, I don't know. I'm constantly looking at things. I'm looking at my margarita and saying, does this have, you know, real lime juice or not? Right. It's so, there's so many mistakes and shortcuts that people make along the way that will ruin our skin, will, uh, you know, enable us to not be as healthy as we wanted to be. And it's just, I see it all the time. So, so I, I viewed even launching him as it, it was my responsibility because I hmm. saw the solution. And so when people say, Oh, this is a beverage executive. Yes. I, I mean, I guess I am a beverage executive, but for me, it was really about, I, I viewed it as the, the beverage was the tool and to really help health. And, you know, that for me was, I was a health advocate and telling people that they should really be drinking water. And if you can't drink plain water, then drink a product like Kent and don't pollute your body with, with these sweeteners that are just going to, you know, jack up your insulin levels. And, and you don't have to be diabetic to have crazy insulin levels. And oftentimes it's your body, whether it's acne or other skin issues or extra weight, it's just, that's your body telling you that you are not regulating. 
properly. And, and can I say one thing? When you talked about an, an alcoholic beverage, I was the person who created my own infused vodka. And then it got that disgusting taste after about 48 hours. So I think you might want to go down the path. You might be, you know, it might be instead of the, the Cosmo of the 80s, we could have, you know, this wonderful, you know, golden, the golden drink or whatever it's going to be. But I'm telling you, oh my God, those, those infused vodkas that I would make were just like lightning, like mama's moonshine, just like whew, fire. But you, how much did you learn from that experience? I learned, I learned, you know what? There's other people that do this much better than me. <laughs> you know what? That's fine too. I think like that's the, other, the the biggest thing that prevents people from relaunching, starting is fear. Uh, and right, very true. It is, and you think that you're, you know, you think that you're going to fail. It'd be embarrassing. It, it, you know, it's just. I, I I really think that more than anything, even if you do fail, that you learn a lot about you. Maybe you learn that you really weren't that interested. That was just a moment that you were interested in making drinks. Like you're going to let somebody else do that. You know, I think that that's, that's a really important lesson. Actually, what's really funny is that you're right. It does spark you to like, I think back on those days where I had those big decanters and the real problem was I couldn't get the fruit out when I wanted to make a new batch because the they got stuck in the tube. So I started to get very creative of how I was doing this. And so I do have a cocktail that I am thinking about putting out there, but I laugh at my experience and I think, no, 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 there was something there. So you never know. I do have some URLs that are very good. Um, okay, so last but not least, what does powerhouse of possibility mean to you? I think it really means just your ability to just go try, right? And and I think that a powerhouse of possibilities, I I think it starts with yourself, right? And what can you actually go do? Because I think again, so often people, you know, I hate to say it, but women in particular blame others for that they can't actually go. And and I think you, you can start small, you can have a goal and eventually get there. And if nothing else, you learn a lot about yourself and your capabilities and an industry. And it's just interesting. And I, I really go back to this lifelong learning that I, you don't have to go to school to learn, you know, it's, you can continue on and just go, you can go on Google and figure out how to write a business plan or YouTube or so many other places. And if nothing else, you just, that's what you, that's what you learned. What did you learn today? Uh, I learned how to do that. I learned how to turn on the internet, you know, like what, whatever it is. I mean, I think that that is the, the kind of stuff that makes the happiest people that are the people that are leading with learning and leading with sort of doing something that maybe they didn't think they were capable of if for a moment or forever. Right. And, and that is really the key thing. So that's what I think about when I think about possibility. Mm, I love that. So where can people hear more, find more out about you? 
and about hint about product and about the book. Hint.com. We have all of our products on online. Uh, over 50% of our business now is direct to consumer. So uh, we're in stores, we're in Costco, Target, Whole Foods, all of those uh, stores, a Sam's Club as well, but we, uh, and Amazon, uh, but we're also online at drinkhint.com where we do everything, all of our deodorant and sunscreen, as well as the water and hand sanitizers. So, um, and I'm on Kara Golden, all over social, uh, Kara, um, K-A-R-A-G-O-L-D-I-N. So I'd love to hear from you and hopefully you'll get a chance to listen to my book or read my book. It's Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters. And it's been so fun to share the story with people. It took me four years to write it and get it out the door, but it's been a, a lot of fun to do it. And you actually are the voice yes. for, the, for the audio, which I loved. Yes. I always like hearing it from the voice of the author. So super great. And what fun this was for me. You're awesome. I'm so excited to continue to follow you and all of your products, I have to say, are incredible. I love that they have that connection to, you know, your greater good, your greater purpose, like everything. How do you keep healthy along the way? So you just keep creating because it's all good. So thank you again so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Silver Lined Relaunch. If I said something today that resonated with you, will you please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others and help them find the silver linings as well. And don't forget, you can have immediate access to the show notes, any giveaways, and the links to those amazing beauty products at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next time, there's always a silver lining. And now is the time to hit the reset button to relaunch those transitions into transformations.